Hello, everyone, and welcome to Women of the Wills. We are here after a long, long, long hiatus in which we had a lot of things going on, um, a lot of changes to the podcast and who we are and how we function. So before I get into our guest of the day, I would like to take a moment to update you all on some of the recent changes to um, Women of the Wills. First things first, um, our dearly beloved Nettie has decided to take a step back from the podcast and will not be returning um, to Women of the Wills at this time. We wish her all the best. She has a lot of amazing things coming up for her, a lot of art opportunities and teaching and illustrating, and I wish her nothing but the best. And if you do encounter her in any of her social spheres, do pay attention to all of the amazing work she is doing. And with that being said, um, Women of the Wheels is now being helmed exclusively by yours truly. Um, my name is Megan, and I've been part of Women of the Wheels since the first episode, officially a co-host on the second episode. And it's been a long, long two years. Um, it's been an amazing journey. We've discussed and done so many things in those two years and throughout it all our mission was to highlight and celebrate and feature women in Star Wars whether it be women in the fandom or women in the content and that is something that still remains at the core of our mission and now the task falls to me to find a way to continue this mission in a way that is exciting and manageable for me to do on my own. And as I was thinking about ways that I wanted to make my mark on Star Wars in my own way, whether it be large or small, I thought about the past year we've had in Star Wars and why it's more important than ever that we focus on positivity and passion and how much I wish there was more of a platform for people to express that joy that they get from Star Wars, whether it's from, you know, certain movies or books or comics or ideas or theories or just a simple joy of a idea in Star Wars. And I've decided that going forward, the mission of Women of the Wills is going to be to use our platform to celebrate women in fandom and celebrate their own passions. And as I was reaching out to friends in the community, I just kept asking people, what is your thing? What is your thing in Star Wars? Are you obsessed with, you know, the Force? Are you obsessed with the Valacord or the way Nora Wexley falls in love with Wedge? Like, what is your thing? Is it... Is there something about Star Wars that brings you back, that makes you come back to Star Wars time and time again? And in the aftermath of episode nine and just the general discomfort within the Star Wars fandom, I found myself watching Solo a lot more often than I normally would. Or I was reading some of the prequel novels because those are the things that bring me joy regardless of whatever else may be going on socially in Star Wars. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to find voices in the fandom that have something to share that is unique and special and individual. Um, a TED Talk, if you will, about those little things that are so near and dear to you, but don't necessarily get discussed very often. You know, those niche interests that you could talk about for hours without stopping that, you know, there may not be room for in discussion forums or in general conversation. And so much of podcasting is focused on news and interviews and stuff looking to the future. But I just want to make sure we have a opportunity to embrace what exists and what brings us joy. So without further ado, um, I'm going to segue into our next segment, which will be um, a very special discussion with a dear friend of mine about one of these passions. So again, I am Meg, and this is Women of the Wills, and here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Women of the Wills. We are joined today 
by Jonah Marie, who is our resident expert on rebels and one of the most wonderfully passionate people I encounter in the Star Wars fandom. Um, so today to work on highlighting people's passions and joys in Star Wars in the hopes of opening the doors for others. Um, Jonah, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, so my name is Jonah, <laughs> and I am a huge Rebels fan, but uh, first and fo- foremost, um, I love all things Disney. I love all things Marvel. I, I mean, I love all things, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I also podcast with my mom, and yeah, I just try to enjoy life. Life is very short. We got to make the most of it while we're here, you know? Exactly. (laughs) Well, I am a huge Star Wars fan, as everyone um, would find out when they go to my Twitter, but I'm also a fan of other many fandoms out there. And I'm also, well, actually I was, actually, I was a part-time, oh, not a part-time, a full-time librarian at a college. And because of this whole COVID situation. I've had to leave my job and now I'm in the process of moving. So I'm still in the process of finding myself. So, uh, but, but one of the things that is for sure a constant is Star Wars. <laughs> well, and well-rounded fangirl, like what are your other big fa- fandom outlets? Are there yeah. any specifics that you also are drawn to? Yeah. So I love Star Trek and that's just a more recent thing because my mom is the bigger Star Trek and the Star Trek fan in the family and I grew up watching it with her but I never really took a deep interest in it and then just recently they premiered Star Trek Discovery which was which is a more modern take on Star Trek and I thought, okay, let me jump into this and see. It took me a little while to get into it. But once I got in, I was just like, oh, this is the world (laughs) I need to be in. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) And with season three around the corner in October, I'm just like super excited. And and (laughs) as we're recording this, actually, tomorrow is Star Trek Day. So I'm just like, is there a date that makes it Star Trek Day? Uh, the day, if I remember reading correctly, is that that was the day that the original series gotcha. premiered. Gotcha. So that's Good when it know. all kicked off. Yeah. Yeah, I was not raised by Trekkies, so I was never really into that. But that's the thing I've always been open to. But it's great that you've latched, found something to latch on to. Yeah, yeah. So that's my, that's one of my things lately. And another thing that just randomly popped out of nowhere this summer, and I thought, oh my gosh, this saved 2020 for me, was uh, The Old Guard on Netflix, which I highly recommend, just because I, I love that found family trope uh-huh. that we see, especially in Rebels. So mm-hmm. it comes up in this movie, and I was just like, Oh man, this is the best thing <laughs> of the year. Thank you. <laughs> well, yeah, no, we we love a we love a found family in this world. So. <laughs> well, uh, and, that, and that's great. And I'm sure as a librarian, you are pretty familiar with you know interacting with people who love things um, very strongly. So I um, I definitely can tell that you know how to let yourself love things, which is something I admire. Um, so. Star Wars specifically, obviously, um, the, yes, we know you as the Rebels girl. Um, how have you been kind of a, a champion of the Rebels fandom in my own words? That's my, <laughs> I, from, <laughs> that's from so what, sweet. well, you've done a lot of the Rebels fandom and I, you know, brag about yourself for 30 seconds. Go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when, when it started off when, oh gosh, 2014, it's crazy to think that was six years ago. Uh, you know, a lot of people were down on it because Clone Wars had just ended prematurely and, you know, Clone Wars fans were like, no, I don't want this new thing that they're trying to push on us. And I was the only one who was like, hey, it's more Star Wars. Yay, that's exciting. Uh, and so I was immediately on board with those character videos that they originally showed of Kanan and Ezra and you know debuting the voice actors and I thought oh my gosh Freddie Prince Jr he was my crush (laughs) when I was in high school (laughs) thought that that was just so cool and so I from that point forward I was just like yeah I I gotta gotta show some love to Rebels because it doesn't seem like other people are appreciating it as much and and you can see that actually in other 
um, parts of um, the fandom when, you know, when Star Wars Resistance was first premiered, a lot of people were against it too. And it's like, you got to embrace the new. You can't just push it away because you're fearful that it's not going to live up to your expectations. So with Rebels, I, I, I pretty much just focused on that when it came to my, my website at the time, which was the wookiegunner.com. And yeah, I just, I, I just wrote anything and everything about Rebels. And, uh, and, and sadly, when it, the show came to an end, I was like, no, I refuse to let this go. <laughs> Even though the message in the show was to let go, I was just like, no. So uh, in March, I, I remember that year when it ended, we, we just, oh, the year later, I should say, I was just like, let's do, you know, the hashtag Rebels Remembered and just put our memories out there. And it just t- t- turned out to be such a fun day of everyone reminiscing. And so... Uh, I'm always happy to champion Rebels and just show it some love. (laughs) I I mean, Rebels Remembered especially um, was, you know, for those of us who don't necessarily know many people who love Rebels, um, it was cool for me to see um, that specifically, you know, pop up like all these people. And I was like, I actually gained a lot of friends that day. I mean, you know, at least mutuals um, of people who, I was like, ah, yes, this person, this person, I must follow all these people. So, <laughs> That's so cool. Because, um, I mean, in my own personal life, when, when Rebels, I, I was a little late to the Rebels party. Um, I didn't come in until season two. Um, it was a weird transitional time in my life for me. But I was um, like, of the people, I worked at the Disney store then, and I was the only person who was watching Rebels. And I had one other friend who was, you know, watching it with me. But it was like kind of a really, you know, under the radar show and I opened Twitter during it and yeah there was some followers during it but once the rebels remembered um you know hashtag me with I was like oh yes people love this show it's fine and then you know since then I feel like the um the greater appreciation for it has multiplied um I know I'm, I'm sitting in front of my board of rebels fantasy pins and there's a lot definitely a lot of love going around now um so I would, you know, thank you for kickstarting that hashtag at least. Cause that, that definitely did, you know, was a drop in the bucket. So um. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad it worked <laughs> out in, in uh, putting the community back together. Cause a lot of times, you know, we, something goes and we kind of forget about it. I'm like, no, we're not forgetting about rebels. <laughs> I refuse. Well, and you also inspired um, friends of the forest to um, do remembering resistance and, you know, a similar type of thing to follow that model was also super positive. So, yeah. you know me, I positivity in Star Wars is my thing right now. So, um, yeah. And as you, you know, as you think about Rebels, you go back to Ezra, right? That's Ezra's your Star Wars. And um, I, I told Jonah at the beginning of this, like, no apologizing. This is a <laughs> no apologizing for your passion zone. Um, so, just until you're out of breath, why do you love Ezra? Oh man. Okay. (laughs) No pressure. Like, just tell me, just go for it. Okay. (laughs) So when it comes to Ezra, I mean, I love, I love looking for characters with traits that speak to me, um, like being lighthearted or, um, awkward at jokes because I certainly am. And, uh, and you know, someone who goes above and beyond, for the people they love. And Ezra, to me, uh, captured all of that. And and so much more, actually. And he's one of those characters I identify with very easily because a lot of the things he says or just does in general are things that I tend to say or, or do. And actually, in my old show with my mom, uh, which was called Rebels Chat before it became the Geeky, Geeky Bubble podcast, uh, I used to talk about Ezra and I'd be like ma remember when I did this that one time when I was young it's so Ezra (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I I see a lot of myself in him and mostly everyone who watches Rebels thinks of him as the annoying kid or you know the kid that messes up a lot but you know despite all those mistakes and some of the silly things he might say he has such a great and golden heart underneath it all and you know he loves his family uh he would do anything for them including you know ultimately sacrificing himself 
uh well i will say sorry here spoilers <laughs> oh uh, yes um yeah don't worry about spoilers all okay put in a note <laughs> <laughs> um you know and and I admire all of those those qualities in him and um in those moments when he shows his genuine and and thoughtful nature are the moments that truly make me happy and extremely proud of him like like a mom to a son proud like oh my gosh that's my boy let me hug him <laughs> <laughs> um and it's it's just so funny to talk about him as if he's real but um that's the thing about star wars i guess like the like or any other story out there like we find something we love and we latch on to it for whatever reason and and that's me when it comes to ezra well and we you know we can talk about him yes he's quote unquote annoying but um in yes he's he's so much more than that but i think his annoyingness in the beginning is part of is such an important part of his journey um cuz you know nothing's unintentional so for him to be that kid who's arrogant and chaotic and, you know, just kind of rough um, growing into the Ezra Bridger we know is, you know, one of the reasons why I love him so much because just watching someone be able to grow like that because of that, you know, the love around them and the love they have for others is, you know, a big part of that too. So, you know, don't just, I mean, I, I personally identify as a very annoying person. So I was always (laughs) very proud of, very proud of Ezra for like embracing that and turning it into something productive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had some just genuinely funny moments when, and, and I know him as the kid who like waves, who tries to like wave at people from a distance. And he did that when they arrived on uh, Cronest, when they went to visit Sabine's family he starts to wave at them and then they all draw their weapons on him and he's like okay (laughs) so yeah he's such an awkward kid and we all know what it's like to be awkward especially at that age or even at any age in life to be honest now this this is actually a high pressure question so I apologize (laughs) but what's your favorite episode or arc to watch just for happy as we're content like Oh, happy Ezra content? I mean, I like, think that's pretty rare. <laughs> for, like, I mean, I guess there's the one episode I'm thinking of is when Hera sends Ezra and Zeb on their mission to find the Melu Run. Like, that's that's like my favorite I want to watch something fun episode ever. Because yeah. <laughs> um, just his sense of humor is so prevalent in that. But is there any other like Ezra thing that you turn to? Um, maybe it's just even his comfort and not just his entertainment. Yeah, yeah. So I I tend to turn to um uh, imperial super commandos and that's the one where he's with sabine and fen rao and you know the, the imperial commandos come in and he's just so funny in that episode where he's he comes up with the lando calrissian name and hondo naka <laughs> he's like naming all these people who he, he's clearly not them but he's trying to pass himself off as <laughs> and i just that whole scene sequence of them go, uh, flying through the canyons, I just, I, it's just gold to me with Chopper, <laughs> and it's just so good. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know that sense of humor where oh, I'm Lando Calrissian, like, uh huh, and the people who believe him and the people who don't, and it's a yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> it, it's that kind of you know quick humor that you don't always see in Star Wars characters. Um, and he really, that's when he really seems like a kid or a Gen Z or like a really like, you know, <laughs> flippant, funny, doesn't really give a crap. It's fine. <laughs> we'll get through it. Yeah. Right. Sort of with the mentality. <laughs> and so do, was it a, was it love at first sight for you and Ezra or was it a gradual appreciation? It was definitely a gradual appreciation because uh, I thought he was super cute at first, super adorable. I just wanted to pat him on the head. But, <laughs> Little but, blueberry. <laughs> he's a, such an adorable blueberry, which I, I feel like I need to explain blueberry too, because some people, I remember for an event that I did in the past, they were like, why blueberry? Why do you call him blueberry? And I was like, well, it was something that came out of Tumblr. And so I forget the name of the person who came up with it, but we collectively agreed that he was super small. His hair was blue and that his eyes, of course, were piercing blue as well. So we thought, oh my gosh, look at this adorable little blueberry. <laughs> and it became a thing since then. 
I've adopted it in the normal conversation. When I get a new Ezra pin, I turn to my girlfriend and go, look at my little blueberries. I'm like, it's a thing. Don't worry. It's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. My adorable blueberry son. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but originally, my, fir- my my favorite character was uh, Sabine, and she still is because I, I I adore that character. Yeah, who doesn't love Sabine? Oh my gosh, <laughs> amazing, amazing character. And at some point, I started to obviously because I love reading the comments. I know I know some people are like, don't read the comments on YouTube or, or Twitter or anything, but I love reading them just because they make me laugh. But <laughs> but I, I was reading the comments one time, and I remember people were just just being so mean to Ezra and I thought oh my gosh do they they want this character to to die but he's 14 years old he's just discovering who he is come on leave him alone and I don't know something about like I just switched gears and I thought no I need to protect this boy at all costs (laughs) (laughs) and he just became my favorite from that point forward especially once he started to show more of his personality and I thought oh man that's totally what I would do or what I would say and so uh, yeah it became uh, my love for Sabine transitioned into uh, more of a love for Ezra and then obviously more of a love for them both once they started working closer together in season three and four. Well and you know it's it's the best I think the coolest thing about the ghost crew um, is that you can have your favorite but it's so easy to love them all equally because they're all so different um I think the creators did such a good job of creating that you know diverse pod of characters um because you know I my my ghost crew member is Hera and I I like you see yourself in Ezra I see myself in Hera a lot and she's been my favorite since the moment I watched my first episode of Rebels and but that doesn't mean I don't, I would not die for Ezra Ridger. Like I <laughs> would very much be, you know, and all of them. And the, we talk about the found family as being a trope and something that we look for in things we watch and experience. But, you know, we find the family too. And I think that's important, especially, you know, and you're, you want to protect them. You want to protect Ezra Bridger from, you know, whether it's trolls on the internet or stormtroopers or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> so. I I would assume that people who are listening have some knowledge of Rebels. If not, we're hoping this is a great, you know, incentive to experience it. Um, the kind of the goal for these, um, the series of episodes with Willow Wills is to introduce people to new passions if they haven't already, um, you know, experienced it. So let's, you know, less fun conversation, but basic facts about Ezra. Um, who is he? Where does he fit into the galaxy? What part of the story is this? Um, not going to talk about it for too long, but um, basic Ezra facts. Cool. Basic Ezra facts. So he is the son of, well, the only son of Mira and Ephraim Bridger. And actually, fun fact, side fact, is the that they were in the, Mira and Ephraim were in the adventure, uh, Adventures of Wild Space books. And uh, I highly recommend them. They're actually really fun. But that was really interesting to see their parent, her, his parents at that point in time and a much earlier date. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> you know, and Ezra, Ezra grew up on Lothal. And unfortunately, sadly, he loses his parents to the Empire because they end up taking them away. Uh, due to their secret transmissions and them speaking out against the Empire. And this happens around the age seven. So he's been on his own from age seven to 14 and uh, living on the streets, fending for himself. So uh, I don't know about anyone else, but, you know, that story breaks my heart every time I think about it um, because Mira and Ephraim really wanted him to have a good life growing up. And unfortunately, um, it, that didn't pan out exactly as they had envisioned, but he, he was taken in by the ghost crew eventually. And, um, and other, his place in the galaxy, I know he was, he was born on Empire Day. And that's yes. another interesting fact. It's, a, it's one of those things that tears him up inside because, you know, it's his birthday, but it's clouded by the fact that the Empire is basically making everyone miserable and so you know he grew up during the dark times and primarily played a role during the rebellion era leading up to a new hope and 
Um, and another fascinating thing about his character, I know I often feel it myself, is that he feels like this overwhelming responsibility to get things done. So he wants to get rid of the Sith and he wants to destroy the Empire. But those are very big right. goals for one person. And I know one of my friends on Twitter, Abigail, who goes by a Dylan Dev on Twitter, um, she calls it uh, hyper responsibility. And mm -hmm. so he, 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 he tends to bite off more than he can chew. And, uh, and that often leads him into trouble. Right? <laughs> but there, there's a point in time when he actually figures out that he needs to narrow down his vision of what he needs to do, of what his role in the galaxy is. And, that's all, all, and that comes down to be centered around Lothal. And right. that's where we see his, his journey go. And, and ultimately, it takes him somewhere else entirely. <laughs> we don't know where. <laughs> but it's something that I, I look forward to learning about, hopefully in the near future. And I think it's interesting. So when I try to explain or contextualize Ezra, um, he's a few years younger than Luke and Leia. Um, so if you think about him as a foil to Leia, um, Leia is at this point, you know, 17, 16 years old, um, actively working for the rebellion in secret um, under the guise of being, you know, a um, a member of the Alderanian, you know, royal family doing humanitarian. There's actually a whole episode about that, um, and it, that ties really well into the Leia Princess of Alderaan book. Um, but Leia's a couple years older, has the resources and the means to fight for the rebellion in secret, and here's Ezra, who's you know, was on his own, just found people, and he's trying to do the same thing Leia's trying to do. But he, you know, just kind of feels like the kid on the playground who's not quite old enough to play with the big kids, but he really wants to. Um, but just in context, that's how how he fits into that timeline. He's just a little bit younger, but at the same time as the beginning of that fight. Um, so, you know, Luke's off complaining about um, power converters or whatever and <laughs> as was trying to save the rebellion um but uh, yeah so he, he he was literally born into the empire and um that so it's that space between um you know episode three and four so yeah um and we you know you touched a bit why people didn't necessarily grab onto rebels because the clone wars had just ended um but why do you think people still don't really appreciate or know about Ezra? What is, what's, what's the roadblock in people's minds? Yeah, you know, that was a really interesting question to think about because um, it made me think about this interview with um, James Arnold Taylor was interviewing Sam Witwer in a show that he used to call uh, Clone Wars Conversations. And I remember that in it, Sam talked about how um, people would often say that they wanted to be like Han Solo or thought of or, th or thought Han Solo was cooler because uh, Luke was the whiny and annoying one. Um, but he ultimately says that they don't realize that Luke is actually a representation of who they are because nobody starts off cool. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you have to work your way to being cool. <laughs> um, and characters like Luke and Ezra, you know, they represent that journey from being um, super naive to becoming a master at what they do. So I, I think a lot of adults, uh, especially adults, uh, prefer characters who are, um, I hope I can say this word, badass, <laughs> um, and who can recognize and understand who they are, um, while they tend to ignore the characters who are in the process of growing up and discovering themselves. And Ezra, for the most part in Rebels, is like I mentioned earlier at an awkward stage in his life. Like no um, one's cool at fourteen. No, like, no <laughs> one's cool. I oh god, I I was not cool. At even 14. even if you think you're a Han Solo, you were not cool at fourteen. Like <laughs> <laughs> no, and you know, and some people just they just don't really want to see that annoying aspect of or going through those trials and tribulations because they might have gone through it and they don't really feel like seeing another character go through it. So they just want to see the results of him all grown up and doing cool things without going through the process that got him there. And, and that's honestly, that's what growing, growing up is all about. So, um, uh, 
you know, and, and the fact that you're also going to make mistakes along the way and that you're going to repeat those mistakes, especially over and over in different ways until you get the, the full picture or you get it right. And it's sad how, unfortunately, adults tend to forget they were kids and that they were teenagers once. So I think that's the reason why they don't fully appreciate Ezra's character, because they want him to be awesome and cool, but they're not really interested in how he gets there. Well, and I think it's also, you know, beautiful how Ezra's character is, you know, built with such classic examples of childhood um he even like gets the running away from home and joining a gang episode like (laughs) he he runs away joins a group of pirates because he thinks it's the right thing to do and he thinks it's cool um you know he gets sent on a grocery errand by mom with his brother and they kind of destroy half a city in the process like little things that as an adult watching this it might be harder to connect to but Mm -hmm. you just appreciate it for what it is of him being a child learning how to be a person um, I think that's a very important, you know, if you haven't given yourself a chance to appreciate Ezra, like try taking a little step back and looking at it, you know, through that lens of this is a kid doing kid <laughs> things and also trying to save the galaxy at the same yeah. time. Exactly. I think that we need a little bit more of that, of putting yourself in someone else's shoes, no matter how age, no matter how old they are and uh, what background they're in. Well, and I, I don't personally know any kids who were watching Rebels um, at that time, but people bought Ezra lightsabers and people, you know, there were definitely kids watching this at this time who related to Ezra in a way we never could. So that's, I mean, Star Wars is for kids and I will die on that hill. Star Wars, <laughs> Star Wars is for kids. So yeah, I mean, you might not love it, but think about that eight-year-old who's watching Rebels and be like, yeah, like that's, I, that's me. I see that. So yeah. Yeah, I've seen a few little Ezra cosplayers with the Ezra lightsaber, and I thought, oh my god, this is the cutest thing ever, Um, especially at like cons or celebration. It's Mm -hmm. just so super adorable to see them connect with Mm -hmm. that character. Um, So my next question is a little bit of a harder-hitting question, um, and I think you answered it beautifully, but so why why does Ezra matter? And not, not necessarily to you, but to the galaxy, to the fandom. Um, how would how would the galaxy be different without Ezra? I mean, obviously, there would probably not be a rebellion without Ezra. That's a you know a bold statement to make. But if the dominoes don't fall the way they did, um, it could have been very very different. But oh yeah, how would you know not only the galaxy but the fandom be different if Ezra were a bigger presence? Yeah, if I uh, and I, I was thinking very deeply about this, this uh, and I was just like. I don't want to envision a show without Ezra <laughs> because I know, I know in the two years since Rebels ended, you know, I still see people comment from time to time. Like I wish Sabine was the main character, which would have been really awesome, but right. it would like, have been a completely <laughs> different show altogether. And, um, and I think Ezra is important um, from, you know, from an outer universe perspective, he's important because he, uh, we see the show's events through his, eyes through his perspective and he's one of the ones that asks the questions and we learn through his experiences and I remember one of the comments that used to frustrate me a lot actually was the the twin sons episode it's like why is why is Ezra in this episode it should just be about Obi-Wan and Maul (laughs) and I was like are you kidding me did you watch the show Um, because Ezra, Ezra has to be there. You know, he has to learn a major lesson. And through him, we learned that lesson too. And, and so, yeah, I, I, he had to be there. And, you know, and from an in-universe perspective, he matters because he brings so much growth to Kanan. Like, I don't, Kanan wouldn't be Kanan, the awesome Jedi that people love without Ezra. And, and, you know, Lothal wouldn't be, uh, in the good place that it is with Sabine at the end without Ezra. Cause he brought, um, you know, those awesome uh, purgle creatures to, to the rescue, you know, yes. like the, there's so many things that he in his own special way made happen. And I, I just, it reminds me of that one, that one quote, I forget um, what Wolf said, or was it someone else? I forget. But they said, yeah, it sounds like Ezra. <laughs> you know, like that's an Ezra thing to do. And, you know, none of that would be the way that we see it at the end without him. So I, 
and I, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention how he's also important because of things we haven't even seen yet with Thrawn and, you know, the unknown regions. I'm sure he's continuing what Kanan taught him um, right. out in those areas as well. Wherever so it's is. like, we don't know the repercussions of his actions and, and I'm sure they're going to be vast and, and amazing whenever we do get to them. So yeah, I think he's such an important character both in and out of the universe. And, you know, when it comes to uh, whether he's more popular uh, or more mainstream, I, I think from, again, from an in-universe perspective, I'm glad that he wasn't more popular because then he would have drawn too much attention. <laughs> My baby. <laughs> and, yeah, I was like, I'm glad that they had some level of anonymity um, in their kind of sort of, um, but yeah, I'm glad he and Kanan kept that uh, anonymity to an extent. Um, but uh, well, it just it makes mm-hmm. the character more honest. If 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 you know it's being created, regardless of whatever is on the other side, it just you know feels Ezra and Kanan feel so honest because they're not being plastered on merchandise as thoroughly or you know not that I have anything against Ahsoka she is amazing and she's become a champion of women in Star Wars and of just Star Wars in this era in general but there was something so genuine about Ezra because he just existed for himself and for the story and no one else yeah exactly yeah I like I love that and going back to you know, how he, Lothal would not be Lothal without Ezra, um, and just how, you know, a very small person can change the course of an entire planet, but, um, and we talked, you talked about his impact on Kanan, and um, his, I mean, obviously his impact on Sabine, Sabine became such a well-rounded woman, in part thanks to her, you know, her kinship with Ezra and the ghost crew, but even just the rebellion in itself, because after, once Ezra kind of takes the helm as the protector, the Jedi protector of, you know, the rebellion, the they gain so much through him. And I would argue that without that half of the rebellion's origins, like there wouldn't be, I mean, Hera's growth as a character because of Ezra could have affected everything from, you know, the Battle of Scarif to the Battle of Endor. Like there's so many ripples in the water um that i'd love to you know write a whole essay on but um (laughs) he's definitely more important than people give him credit for yeah yeah and um one of the things that i wanted to mention too and i'm completely blanking out on (laughs) um is the fact that you know ezra represents that that normal that average person you know Mm -hmm. and and we all contribute in some way whether we know it or not i mean right we might do something now that has repercussions later on. And so it, it was just a very important thing to show that everyone, no matter who you are, no matter what you're doing, you have a place in, in this crazy place we call the galaxy right. and you're important um, no matter what. So, and, and in the hopes of giving people new outlets for new passions, um, I think Ezra's a great starting point for people entering Star Wars um, right now. And, you know, there are a lot of people who say like, oh, you've got to start with this. You've got to start with this. But if you just want a easy to understand, easy to absorb um, starting off point into Star Wars, if you have a friend who's not sure and you think they might see themselves in Ezra, like make them watch Rebels. Like it's, it's, I think it's a beautiful blend of all the Star Wars. It's smack in the middle of the story. It's right in the, like, contextually, you can figure it out no matter where you go from. Um, and I think Ezra is a great, you know, everyman character who um, could, you know, spark a lot of passion in people who haven't really gotten there yet. So, um, so true. And I love that his name is Bridger. You know, he right. bridges the two points you know the the prequel era and the original <laughs> and the original trilogy it's like it's perfect you can start off with rebels i'll make it'll motivate you to see the beginning and it'll motivate you to see what comes after um so to go a little bit off book now what's your favorite like so ezra's a jedi in the most non-traditional sense of the word um he is a force sensitive child who gets plucked out of you know nowhere by a rogue jedi 
um, and trained to use the force in one of the most unconventional ways we see represented in Star Wars. What's your favorite thing about Ezra's force journey specifically? Oh man, such a great question. Um, okay, so force journey, Ezra's force journey. So I love that he um, connects with people and that's, and that's the thing that I, I think I love most above everything else is his empathy. And, and how that transcends transcends and even is like a forced empathy sort of a thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and it's not just with animals because we tend to associate it with animals, but it's also, with, it's just with people. And you see that, especially towards the very end with Hondo and, um, and, and Mart and all these other people that he's had an effect on, uh, that they all come together to help him in the end. That's, that's why it's called family reunion. <laughs> um, but, uh, I just, I love that we, we see him develop those abilities, especially in that baby episode that I'm blanking out on the title <laughs> when he was able oh, to yeah. um, force connect with the baby pipey. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just, I love seeing that aspect of, of his character and then how it just evolves into uh, some weird force stuff that we see develop in season three and four and it's just I love it when my Star Wars is weird <laughs> and I hope it continues to be weird in the future yeah I mean but, people need people who aren't really familiar with Rebels yes it's a coming-of-age story with relatable <laughs> kid stuff but it also has weird force stuff like come for the relatable childhood and then like stay for the weird force stuff so true and and it's so fascinating and it really opens up your it, it actually just blows your mind in certain in certain points you know like the, the 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 world between worlds for example which may not mean anything to some of you right now but if you when you dive in you're like what <laughs> I had to watch it three times to understand yeah. what was going on it was fine it, it's just so good. Um, and, and yeah, and, and how he's all, he's connected to all of these, you know, certain events and, and the development of the force or, or just the discovery of certain, these certain things. And it's, you know, it happens when he's around and it's just, it just, it, it warms my heart to know that he's had such an important role. And he may not be remembered for it um, by the vast majority of people in the galaxy, but you know, we as the audience will remember his his part in, in certain things related to the Force. Well, and you brushed past it um, to talk about his greater empathy, but his um, his connections with animals is actually, you know, I think one of the most underappreciated parts of his, you know, greater growing up journey, because um, that's one of the first things Kanan tries to teach him and he doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. He doesn't get it until the stakes are high enough that he has to get it. And that it's, it's such an important stepping stone to him, you know, understanding and connecting with the galaxy and the people around him, but his ability to tap into creatures around him, human or non-human, um, is my favorite thing about Ezra. Just like yeah. watching. I mean, my, I think my favorite individual moment in Rebels is when he, um, gets the loath cat to jump on the probe droid. Um, <laughs> like it's just such a silly thing, but you don't know many other Jedi who would be, you know, okay, well, there's a probe droid. Uh, what am I going to do? Oh, look, loath cat. And, you know, <laughs> put two and two together. Um, but I haven't really thought about it as being, you know, part of his connection to others, but, but you're totally right. His, his empathy and his understanding of others all just stems from that initial, lesson where Canyon says like you need to let go and just connect and yeah. that's such an important message for us as humans now like you just got to yeah. connect to people like be more like Ezra <laughs> just be connect. more like Ezra yeah that should be a t-shirt right there right? <laughs> and, and it's it's just it's fascinating too because one of my moments my favorite moments regarding that is um when uh, he connects with the fear knocks on that you know, the, I forget the name of the place now, gosh, uh, uh, when he uh, connects with the Fearnox and then he, uh, at the same time, connects with Sibo, who's yes. way out in some other part of the, which was very impressive for his age. Um, the fact that he was able to connect and forgive Sibo right. for, for what happened. And I thought, oh, it gives me goosebumps thinking about it. While also being surrounded by creatures in the dark and just like, yeah. like, <laughs> and that. Ezra's the scope of Ezra's talent is so 
so vast. He's so, so, so talented with the force. Um, even when, you know, he gets frustrated with himself or he, I mean, he has a lot of self-doubt and frustration, just like a kid trying to learn how to play the piano or, you know, and Kanan is an amazing teacher, but he's just as frustrated as any teacher would be when handling that self-doubt. And yeah, it uh, <laughs> reminds me of that, that, that lesson that Kanan was trying to teach him, do or do not, there is no try. <laughs> like, what, does like, mean? what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know, but this 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 guy used to know, but Master Yoda used to say it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your favorite less prevalent Ezra relationship? Because the whole show is about Ezra's relationships with each other and living with others and the force. And what's one that we don't, you know, talk about enough? Oh, that's an awesome question. Uh, relationship he we don't talk about often. I was like, I'd probably say Hondo and Ezra. Because yeah. it's like it's it's a very strong connection that you know you wouldn't think about because they're not related. They didn't, you know, it they came together very strangely. But I think like to think of Hondo as like the crazy uncle who like, <laughs> you know, but Hondo loves Ezra. Yeah. Like Ezra Bridger, like, you know, it's, uh, but something like that, his ability to make these connections with people, even if they're just, you know, total, total two-faced pirates who have no agenda other than their own. Um, Yeah, I totally agree with that one, Hondo and Ezra for sure. And it's, it's sort of like Ezra sees himself a bit in Hondo because that he could have turned out that way had it not been for the ghost crew. Uh, so yeah, yeah I, w- I love that relationship. And one of the things that really gets me is when Hondo at the, at, at the end says, you know, there's nothing I would not do for that boy. Like I, oh, oh man, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's a, such a wonderful relationship. And, uh, another one that I, I think doesn't really get much attention is, um, uh, Ezra and Captain Rex. And, you know, Rex is, is already in having his own life out in Silos. There's no real reason to bring him in to all of this. But Ezra, through the, the, the power of Ezra, <laughs> he, 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 you know, t- talks with him like we, we need your, your help, your strategical mind, the way that you operate. And and through the through those conversations, he's able able to bring Rex over, and and I love the butting of the heads between Rex and and Kanan eventually. But uh, yeah, I just I love that because I bet Rex sees a bit of Ahsoka in, in Ezra. I, I would like to think so. Uh, it was really nice to see that relationship start off in those episodes. But I wish we could have gotten a bit more between them. Yeah, I. Ezra's skepticism of Rex in the beginning, like, what the heck are we doing? Like, into understanding him as a, you know, as an important part of everything. And I think Ezra's humor watching Kanan and Rex argue was a nice refreshing, like, oh, good, he's not picking on me. He's going to pick on Rex. Now it's fine. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's definitely one that I don't think about very often. So, okay. So then my last Ezra question for you within in the galaxy. So, Jonah, where is Ezra? Where is Ezra? That is where do you think Ezra is? (laughs) Uh, Yes, hashtag where is Ezra? I I like to think. I know my friend um, Solnova Gabby on on Twitter. She's a huge Thrawn fan. And I get all of my my Thrawn information from her um, because I unfortunately have not read the Thrawn books. So I, I'm not really all that familiar with his character and his home world and things of that nature. But I like to think that um, through our conversations, uh, I, she's talked about how um, she's helping Thrawn's people with whatever is affecting them. I'm not sure what that is, but I like to think that he's some sort of a guardian in that area and that he is providing um, the assistance that they need in order for them to survive as a people or um, 
I don't know. I, I, it, whatever, whatever's affecting them over there is, is a v- very important because it sounds like it might actually come towards um, the inner parts of the galaxy, like the outer rim and the mid rim and inner rim and such. So like, um, I, I feel like whatever he's doing over there, he's keeping at bay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I like that, you know, that the, he's sort of like, um, Ugh, I'm thinking about Game of Thrones now, but like that giant, <laughs> giant ice wall. Yeah, <laughs> he's like he is the wall. <laughs> he is the wall. Um, so yeah, I, I just like to think that he's doing whatever he's doing. He's doing good, that's for sure. And he's he's using his abilities to to help these people, and maybe even connecting with some of the force sensitive individuals within that society. And I know there's a lot of little kids apparently. Um, that are force sensitive and I'm like oh man Ezra with kids this is perfect I need something <laughs> like that <laughs> to happen uh, so yeah I, I like to think that he's out there doing good and making sure that whatever's out there is 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 far away from home and from everyone else um, back where where he used to be and do you obviously this is an obvious choice of a path a creative could take um, because it's already there and it was a very open-ended cliffhanger of him going off into the void and do you think it's something that could be addressed do you think they're actually going to do it I know I'm I tend to be a little bit skeptical when it comes to you know hopeful you know (laughs) I know (laughs) but what I mean there's so many ways they could do it what what do you think would be the easiest way for them to access this Oh, the, I I thought about this. I, I wake up thinking about this, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> it's like, should it be live action? Should it be animation? Should it be in a story? And I know Timothy Zahn with his Thrawn books, he's very interested in telling that story. I don't know how willing Dave is to give up that story. That's a different But Dave, thing. do it yourself if you're not going to let someone else. I know, Dave, what are you up to, man? <laughs> um, but uh, it's funny because whenever whenever I get the chance, I'm like, where's Ezra? Where's Ezra? And I, the last time I asked him in person was at Celebration Chicago. And uh, I just happened to find him. <laughs> it just <laughs> happened like that. And and my mom was with, with me, and she was wearing the the family uh, reunion shirt with um with the mural of the, mm-hmm. of the cast. And she she wants to know, so she asked him, and she said, "Dave, where's Ezra?" <laughs> and he said, "He's he's on your shirt <laughs> because <laughs> the mural." And I was like, "Dave, come on." That's that's not the answer we're looking for, um, but uh, yeah, I I I, w- I hope he's working on it. I I know for a fact he has it in his head. Like I, I, whether it's out on paper or um, in script form is another question entirely. Right. But I I would hope to see it in animation, just because I feel like animation you can do so much in an animated show more than what you can do in a live action. Although. The Mandalorian has proven me wrong with that volume thing that they're working with now. So either one is I just want that story now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted it yesterday, to be honest. Um, so friends, the hashtag is where's Ezra? <laughs> um, it's very simple. Um, just you know, maybe if we put it out a little bit more in the universe, we'll get an answer. But uh hashtag where's Ezra? <laughs> yep. Um, and I guess the last thing I want to discuss is where you obviously have your own personal connection as a fan um what's your favorite way you've seen others embrace Ezra in fandom whether you know cosplays or fan art um are there you know individuals you recognize as being champions of Ezra as well yeah yeah there's actually one awesome cosplayer a few actually there's so many awesome cosplayers I I should say that there's definitely more than a handful out there uh but the one that like immediately sticks out in my mind um he goes by the Instagram name Star Wars IRL and uh to me when I saw him in person at Celebration Chicago I thought oh my god that's Ezra that's Ezra (laughs) in real life oh my gosh um but he 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 pretty much captures Ezra's personality as well as everything else physically and and when it comes to the costume and I thought man that is one cool way to show your love of Ezra and it 
and it's hard to see that, especially at uh, at conventions, because not a lot not a lot of people dress up as as Ezra. So when I saw it, I thought, "Oh my God, you're so cool!" <laughs> um, and, and I really appreciated that. And he still pretty much. Um, I mean, at one point, he was even doing the trying to do the the twirling kick thing that Ezra is pretty um, good at, and we see him do a few times in the show. And I'm like, wow, this guy's going all the way. He's like actually <laughs> trying to learn how to fight like Ezra. That's so cool. Uh, so I, I, I appreciate fans who go to that to that mm-hmm. level. And uh, and there are definitely others on t- on Instagram who who are just as dedicated. And whenever I see it, it, it just it warms my heart because they I know that they love Ezra as much as I do, and and that means a lot. And what are a few of your favorite? fan created merchandise things you own oh my gosh okay so <laughs> squadron goals is like the place when it comes to pins for me <laughs> both of her ezra's behind me yes <laughs> yeah exactly and by the way awesome pin collection you've got there <laughs> oh thank you i my girlfriend and i collect disney pins i'm not gonna show you the rest of the room because you're gonna have a heart attack but my, my I'm very proud of my rebels board but yeah i have quite a few of i, I mean i have all of her rebels pins behind me Nice. Um, but yeah, Squadron Goals definitely is really good yeah. at capturing just the the cute joy of it, I think. Yeah, I love those pins. The two Ezra pins are just so adorable with him holding the white loft cat. And I'm like, oh my God, that's, it makes me want to cry. Um, <laughs> but but uh, other awesome fan-made merch. There's, um, oh, I cannot remember the name their name now. But they made a replica of Ezra's lightsaber from season mm-hmm. three and season four. I was like, I need that. <laughs> and so I got in touch with them. I, you know, I bought it off them and I have it. Well, I, I packed it away, but, but I have it. And it's just, it's uh, whenever I hold it, I'm like, oh man, this is Ezra's life. <laughs> it's so amazing. Um, I, I'm still trying to find a way to get the season one lightsaber because that, that's an awesome lightsaber too. The stapler gun, as they say. Yes. Um, <laughs> But th- yeah, that's another favorite of mine that I really, and just display them together. It's, oh, that would be my, that's my dream. <laughs> and I, I pride myself on, um, you know, a lot of merchandise knowledge in licensed merchandise. Um, I know the, my, when, I, when Galaxy's Edge first opened, I went around and I looked at everything I found, like categorized it into what story it came from. And, um, I don't know if you have seen or have any of it, but if you go into Galaxy's Edge, there's a wind-up chopper toy. There's a chopper keychain. I have, you know, the actual licensed prop replica of Harris Calicori. Yes, um, I have it too. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of stuff and like Loath Cats are becoming more mainstream now. Um, I mean, I don't know why it took them so long. It's literally Star Wars cats. Like everything I care about in the world and with the, the Galaxy's Edge merchandise drop at Target this past week, there were the Loath Cats and... Um, it's, I'm excited to see that it's getting its recognition, um, in the, you know, in our galaxy, um, you know, there's the robotic loath cat from Galaxy's Edge as well. And, um, you know, I have my little build a chopper from the target stuff and yeah. Yeah, it's, I love that the Rebels has been getting that presence there, especially mm-hmm. when you go into Doc Ondar's and you see all of the, 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 um, memorabilia and stuff mm-hmm. hanging on the walls and you have right smack in the center are helmets and right. one of those helmets is Ezra's helmet yes. I freaked out yeah I, <laughs> definitely, I saw that. definitely was screaming and um <laughs> yeah I, it's uh so it's you know it's it's encouraging um that we have those you know physical real life outlets um but I do encourage everyone as always to check out your local um, fan artists. There are a lot of great pin collectors making amazing pins. Um, I know Tano Alive um, just made a Kanan and Ezra um, set um, from Jedi Knight. Um, The Lantern Pins has her own um, headpieces for Sabine and Hera. Um, Lots of great things going on. Rebel Art Empire just released a Calicori pin and a Canera pin. Um, So definitely like, you know, if you do love Rebels, you gotta show it with your wallet sometimes just to you know keep it going um, yeah yeah but yeah it's a it's a pretty good time to be a rebels fan you know <laughs> aside from the whole like you know years after the fact we're sad because we don't know where, where Ezra is it's still still a pretty good time to be a rebels fan um yeah so I guess 
my the last question I will ask you um what how would you encourage others to reignite their passion of Star Wars at this time in the world um both with the world kind of being in the middle of an apocalypse and the fandom being in the middle of an apocalypse like what <laughs> being dramatic I don't actually think we're all you know I don't um, know it feels like apocalypse exception sometimes it does <laughs> the what would your advice be to encourage others to go back to Star Wars yeah, that is something I often think about because uh, there are times when I'm like, oh man, I really don't want to think about Star Wars today. I'm going to look at Star Trek and Tangled and all these Disney and all these other things that I really love. And I, I definitely recommend that for others. It's important to, just like anything else, take things in moderation. So if you feel like you've, you're having enough of Star Wars okay, just uh, step away and focus on other things. Find other fan communities um, and involve yourself in, in other things of that area uh, because there's so much out there. There's so many forms of storytelling out there that you can't lock yourself into this one thing because you're going to burn yourself out mm -hmm. no matter what. And I thought that would never happen to me, but it did. And, and, you know, I, at some point I was just like, man, I really don't want to do this anymore. And, and unfortunately I, I just ended up having to find other things. Uh, well, fortunately I should say, I ended up having to find other things. So that way I could breathe, uh, rejuvenate mm -hmm. myself, um, and then that's when I came back and then I was just like, yay, more rebel stuff and more Conor <laughs> stuff. And uh, definitely branch out outside of the, of the movies. Like if you haven't really touched the animated shows, but you think, oh, oh they're for kids or uh, it's not really my thing. Oh, give it a Star chance. Wars is for kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> so give it a chance. You never know. Like everyone always, uh, at least the people that I see, I see often rely on what others say. And, and I'm like, no, just give it a chance yourself and see what, what, what your experience is like instead of relying on what others say. So um, yeah, definitely branch out. That's mm -hmm. super important. Just branch out, uh, open your horizons because it'll help in the long run. Um, and, and it'll make you want to come back to Star Wars because then you're curious about maybe revisiting a few things and seeing mm -hmm. it from a different perspective based on some of your newer experiences with other franchises and such. Well, definitely like, you know, stay open-minded. Um, yeah. Give things a chance. And you never know if the episode you watch is gonna you know make star wars fun again or bring you new friends or um you know open all these new doors because you don't if it if something isn't sitting well with you or making you happy then step away yeah and find something that does make you happy and i think that's really important that we don't always let ourselves do that because we feel like we owe something to the fandom or owe something to a franchise that you know, has shaped so much of our experience as humans. Um, mm -hmm. But definitely that, that's excellent advice. Um, so in, in the spirit of, you know, making friends in Star Wars, um, where can people find you on social media if they want to also scream about Ezra? <laughs> I appreciate, I will appreciate <laughs> it if you come and scream about Ezra to me, because I'll, I'll <laughs> scream with you. I'll scream with you. Um, but uh, listeners of the show can find me on Twitter with the hash with the hashtag. <laughs> well, yeah, you can find me, you can find me with the hashtag. Where's Ezra? Yeah, she'll find my it. Tweets, <laughs> my tweets will be there, <laughs> um, and I will I will certainly find your content there. But my username is at Blue Jake Eyes, and uh, if you're um, interested in listening to my mom and I chat about Star Wars, uh, it's called Geeky Bubble Pod. Yes, and um. I thank you so much for joining me. Um, I, again, one of the first people I thought of, like who can, you know, ha, you know, sprinkle their passion around <laughs> and help people feel it. I'm very grateful for you and your voice. Um, oh, thank you. Thank so, you so much for providing the space because now I, I love the structure that you're going with because now you're, you're 
going to touch on other people's passions. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think that's fascinating and we all need to open our minds and listen to what they have to say. So I, I look forward to uh, what you have next and thank you again for the invitation. Of course. And yeah, I have a, 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 a lots of things lined up. I hope, um, other people who, you know, have their own Ezra's. <laughs> um, so the, um, you can find me personally. I'm at Meg Meg Pen Pen on Twitter and Instagram. Um, this is Women of the Wills. Our new handle is W O T Wills. Um, we have a we've been rebranded, so we have a new icon and image and everything. Um, and we'll be able to um, you know go forward with this new theme. I hope um, is something that celebrates um, women in fandom as much as we can, um, reaching out to as many people within it as you can. So um, if you have any ideas or questions or anything, you can reach out to me um, on any of those platforms. Um, we also have a Facebook, Women of the Wills. You can email me at womenofthewills at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, so thank you so much, Jonah. I really appreciate you. Um, I hope everyone I has it. a wonderful, wonderful day and wherever you are in the galaxy. Um, Stay cool, stay safe, and as always, may the force be with you.